Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. I'm pretty sure this is episode 112, but we've done things so out of order and done weird releases uh, lately. I'm not completely sure. Um, but we'll just go with episode 112, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. And in studio today, I'm joined by Brooke Brown and Ryan Solchek. Brooke is a master cocktail maker, award-winning cocktail maker, and she has a business called Bashes by Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Hello. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. And on top of all that, she also is nice enough to drive two hours today <laughs> to make me a cocktail. I think it was worth it. Because now I'm going to drink too. <laughs> and and Ryan owns a company named Araza Natural Purees, where they make purees used in this delicious cocktail. But also he has a full collection of aseptic, um, sugar-free uh, purees that can be used in brewing, which one local brewery has already used. Um, Rockwell has a kettle sour coming out soon that will feature his purees so uh thank you for joining me ryan yeah it's great to be here thank you so the the reason that uh brooke and ryan are here is uh, what was it a month or so ago a yeah month, it was the beginning month, of yeah. october so, oh. at the maryland somehow the maryland restaurant association <laughs> of maryland found me and asked me if i would MC their um cocktail making competition or it was a was that was it built at or bartending competition yeah it was battle of the bottle mixology competition as you can see i paid <laughs> really close attention to what i was doing <laughs> um i thought i i figured it was a way for shameless self-promotion which i jump at at any chance so i said yes um it was sponsored by araza and uh so everyone that was making cocktails used was it did they only have the three to choose from, or could they use any one they wanted? They just had the three. So they had uh, blackberry, sour sop, and sour green mango. And that was part of our... Um, Moving a little closer. That was part of our uh, frozen line. Okay. And then for mainly food service. And then we have the aseptic line for our brewing and beers, ciders, meads. So unfortunately, I didn't get to um, taste anything because I was emceeing. Uh, but I knew... It was pretty obvious that Brooke was going to win. <laughs> she, she was the only person that Thank showed you. Up. She was the only person that showed up in costume, um, had walk-on music, <laughs> a big crowd, a big cheering section, and pyrotechnics. So, I don't play. It's called competition. <laughs> so I don't. I don't think it would have mattered what your cocktail would have tasted <laughs> like. You were pretty much a shoe in to win. Well, thank you. Uh, Got to bring my A game, you know? <laughs> so first, is it, tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke. Okay, so I live down in Southern Maryland. Um, I just launched my business last April. Basically, right now, what I'm doing is I'm going around Southern Maryland. I teach mixology classes. I grew up in the restaurant industry. Um, I'm a professional drinker. So I figured, why not do it for a living? And here I am. My uh, Actually, one of my venues that I teach at she tagged me in the Battle of the Bottle competition 
And next thing you know, I entered it after drinking like a huge IPA after running a warrior dash. I was like, eh, let me try it out. And then I get a phone call. Hey, you're in the competition. I'm like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> so what what was the entry? Pro- like, did how did you, how do you end up as so part of that? It's actually really weird. Um, they posted, you know, hey, we need competitors. It was really simple. You entered your name and your email. And then I got an email back, and then I had a fellow, what's your story? That was it. Okay. What's your story? Why should we choose you? Um, and I just spoke about my background and what I do for a living and how I travel around Southern Maryland, and I make craft cocktails and teach people how to make them. And I guess my story was intriguing enough for me to get in there. And I think um, you had a speakeasy too, right? You had yes, a- I. that's right. Um, so my parents used to own a speakeasy in Leonardtown, Maryland. Uh, which we sold last February, but um, we that's how I learned all my craft cocktails and things like that, and we won Southern Maryland's Best Cocktail over there, making a smoked bourbon old-fashioned. Oh. Yeah, so the drink I made for this competition, the Smoke and Barrel House, is based on an old-fashioned, which is my go-to drink. So, like, did they run, like, did your fam- family run, like, a legitimate speakeasy? Okay. Illegally? <laughs> when, like, I wish. Elaborate on that. I mean, that would have been really cool. Uh, no, of course, it was legal. However, the front of it was a coffee shop, and then there was a bookcase. It was called Behind the Bookcase, so BTB. Um, and then you had to have a password, which changed every single week. And you picked up the phone, you said the password, we let you in, and it was a jazz-era 20s speakeasy. That's beyond cool. Yeah, super cool. So, so many questions now. Um, <laughs> one, I, I this this is gonna sound way more negative than I mean it. Uh oh. Um, but why would you put so much friction <laughs> to gaining your customers? Or did that did that actually help bring people in from the novelty and the yeah? The I mean, aspect? well, one, all of our drinks were top shelf. Okay. So and uh, so you didn't want low lifes like Graham and I wandering in and That's thinking right. we were going to get cheap. <laughs> we don't sell Bud Light. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't um, drink Bud Light, and I do not appreciate the insinuation. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're high class people. Okay, we had to, you know, bring something different to our small town. But um, really, we did. The coffee shop was actually a coffee shop Monday through Sunday. And only on the weekends was it a speakeasy. It's just my my sister lives in New York City, and my parents and her and myself, we've gone to all these different speakeasies, and they're just so different and so cool. And some places you have to walk through a kitchen to get to their bar. One, you have to walk through a telephone booth. And we were like, why not do this in our small town? Nobody else has one. And I, it was a huge success. Huge. I think my new life goal is to open one in Frederick. Yes. Like I've I've I'll always I've always wanted to have a hidden door someplace. Um <laughs> and like to have it to is to get back into drink alcohol sounds like an even better. Yes. Plus, uh, mixology is different than bartending. So a lot of people get it confused. Bartending's really like rum and cokes and quick drinks and things like that. Mixology is taking alcohol and you're using fresher ingredients and you're muddling, you know, oranges and basil and things like that. And you're adding three different parts to a drink. It's not just one, two and done. So I love mixology. So if you do open a speakeasy, call me up. I will will make you some fantastic drinks for your menu and it'll be a huge hit. So I, was it only, I, I, I'm just so confused (laughs) by like how would, 
how did people find out that like that you had to call to get a password to word get of in? mouth huh yeah so so was the business based mainly on it being a um coffee shop so you didn't need a lot of business through the hidden <laughs> hard we, to enter bar so or? we we definitely needed business from both uh, sides as yeah. every business does um the liquor is not going to pay for itself yeah but uh no we live in such a small town so uh, that's i guess so leonardtown if you've ever been to southern maryland in your life it's in the middle of nowhere um so we're Word traveled fast, but Alexandria has one, and I know Georgetown has one. So there's these different ones around I Maryland. Think Frederick needs one. Absolutely. I feel like everyone it, needs like, a speakeasy. I mean, gimmick is kind of a harsh word, but it's like gimmicky enough, but but still super cool. Heck yeah. Wanna... What about like the uh, liquor board guys? If they want to go in and see, you know, if someone is underage or something oh, like yeah, that. That's how a... do... Oh, we're still a business. Yeah. Everyone knows what we yeah. what we do. Unfortunately, you can't fully run it all private because right. yeah. you have to get licenses and things like that. So they never complained. Yeah, I guess as long as the, you didn't, if, if an inspector showed up, I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> and t- until you know the password, I'm not letting you, can't you in. You can come in. <laughs> It'll be five bucks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm completely fascinated by that. Well, good. I really, I, I'm glad. I'm here to fascinate. Um, there, There is a brewery at, I was at recently who the previous um the previous tenants for the building there they were in the owner was apparently creepy and possibly involved in maybe (laughs) illegal things where he's worried that people are going to show up and he needed to escape right away um because the main office on the second floor had a bookshelf that had a little like a, a little lever on the side of it that and the only reason he, the new, the brewery owner found it was because he was trying to figure out why there would be a light switch <laughs> for the That's main awesome. light behind the desk. He's like, this makes no sense. Mm. And then he found that lever. It opened up and went straight down to an exit out of the building. That's, um, cool. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone needs an escape, yeah. <laughs> you know? I kind of want to just find a way to build that into here. I, I think you should. Or my speakeasy. There's definitely going to be a speakeasy in my future. I just need investors. So if anyone wants to invest in that, uh, get in touch. Call me. (laughs) (laughs) So you brought your A-game to the competition. Um, Everyone was a far second. (laughs) Ed, tell tell us a little bit more about the drink. Okay. So. And did you come up with it? Is this your own yeah. Recipe? Yes, okay. absolutely. So Ryan gave us um, the three purees, which once again were blackberry, soursop, and then um, green, sour green mango, right? right? Okay. Right. Uh, which I did drive up here to get because I was panicked for time. We had to have we had to have the recipe in by, I believe, September 15th. The competition was October 2nd. Um, and I was leaving the country, so I was going to Germany that month. For research, you know, how to go to Oktoberfest. Uh, I was going to Nashville. Science. <laughs> Science. I needed to go to Nashville to drink whiskey. Um, so I really only had four days to figure out this drink. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I drove up here. I got the PRAs um, and went home. I invited 10 friends over. I was like, sit, and you are trying everything I make, and you have to tell me if you like it or if it sucks, and that is how we're going to do this. <laughs> and 
I don't care how long we're here. We have to figure it out. <laughs> that must have been a really hard sell. Oh, yeah. I really had to twist their arm. Um, so I love... First off, I had everyone try the purees. I tried a few things with tequila and the sour green mango because I feel like that blends well. I tried a few things with the blackberry using chocolate bitters and bourbon and stuff like that, which was really good. Um, but it, I was like, okay, if I'm going to win a competition, it has to have that bang, that just the different taste. Um, so then I thought my favorite drink in the world is an old fashioned and I love smoking things. Let me just rephrase that. I light things on fire. <laughs> Still I don't may just want to smoke things. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an arsonist. I light cocktails on fire. <laughs> I'm smoking. <laughs> um, so then I knew I wanted to do those two things. So I started and, you know, it was just at that point, it's trial and error. So it was just time after time. And I made the drink without the Grand Marnier topper at first. And I was like, it's good, but it needs something else. And then I added more booze and it worked for me. So the drink and it's all, it's called Smoke and Barrel House. It has one ounce of Araza Sour Sop Puree. Uh, I used Basil Hayden bourbon. We got two ounces of that, three dash of orange bitters, one pinch of ground cinnamon, one flame cinnamon stick. You ice, you shake it. Um, and then I place the drink. And it makes a uh, studio smell amazing. It does. It re smells really good in here. Uh, and houses as well. Um, at that point, I placed a single cube in. I put it in a smoke dome, which is actually a cake holder. And then I light it uh, with a bourbon-soaked oak. So I light that on fire, and the entire drink smokes up, and I top it with Grey Marnier. Boom, baby. So is the... Is the smoke dome thing a common no. type of... Okay. So I normally smoke drinks on a cedar plank uh, at my classes and doing okay. things like that. Uh, I take that, which people use it for food on the grill. I use it for cocktails. Um, and I light it on fire, and then I cup a rocks glass over it. So while I'm making your drink, the glass is smoking. Okay. I wanted more of a show effect, uh, and I hopped on Amazon. Good old Amazon has everything. <laughs> And I was like, how can I smoke four drinks at a time, make a show of it, and it still have the effect of a smoked glass? So I found a cake holder, um, and it's huge, off Amazon. And I actually originally bought a smaller one. I'm telling you, I bought so much stuff for this competition. It is ridiculous. That's a good thing you won. Right. <laughs> Damn right. Um, so I smoked it up. And literally, if I were to show you guys, it's a little vape-looking box. You put wood in it, you light it on fire, and it smokes the entire cake dome up. It is the coolest thing. Well, we're going to do it. Yeah, it looks like a fog machine. I'm in. I'll um, make more drinks. <laughs> well, we could smoke these ones, right? Yeah, Thank absolutely. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking maybe we take a quick break to thank um, Roast House Pub for their continued support of the Uncapped Podcast. And while we're doing that, maybe we could put the dome in place. Let's and do, do it. it then. Does Graham, does that sound like a good idea? You try to pretend to be in charge. Um, good luck. So we'll do that. Um, so uh, let's give uh, Roast House Pub the thanks that they deserve. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. 
In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. All right, now that uh, everyone else in the office has been properly uh, warned <laughs> that there's fire about to take place and not to get uh, worried about the smell of smoke, uh, Brooke is going to light some stuff on fire. Yay! And All right, let's not set the headphones on fire. So what, uh, explain again what this is and what you're doing. Okay, so this is a smoke and barrel house, and what I'm doing right now is I'm setting my i'm gonna call it a smoke dome it sounds way better i have bourbon soaked oak in this mazonia smoker and i'm gonna turn it on and i'm gonna flame it and it's gonna come out yeah look at that smoke machine and that's what it does not throw things in your office looks a lot like a um like dry ice go like that but smells a lot better there we go and and now we're gonna find out if there are smoke alarms in here oh absolutely (laughs) we really will yeah and that's how we smoke it graham maybe we open the door for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so now, actually, this is the perfect test because what I would have asked, oh, that's so cool. It's kind of just like. Yeah, it's right on the desk. That's awesome. The, well, nothing's going off dr- yet. So I don't, I think we're not going to set off any alarms. <laughs> um, this was a good yeah, before after nice. test because, oh, yeah, it's still like coming out of the glass too. Bam. So is this, should this make a big difference? Um, it does. It uh, does in the taste. See, it's smoky. Yeah, it actually did. That's See? cool. So it does. Um, and that's something I love to do is just, I love to play with fire. <laughs> no, but I like I like the taste it gives. Um, and another thing is, so I got these wood chips. I have like 12 of them and they're all different, like apple and cherry and um, whatever else. That's bourbon soaked oak. Yeah, let me get that off the, the flame. I was more so just it's, giving you more space. Oh, or I appreciate it. Loosen your leash. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's not loosened often. Just kidding. <laughs> so um, what is a soursop? Because I, I, I don't know what a soursop is. So, Ryan, I'm going to let you explain this. Sure. Because it's hard for me to explain it. Literally, to me, kind of looks like a green mango. Uh, normally, kind it's... Of bigger so you'll it'll be grown in places um central america south america the caribbean islands jamaica um and it's um it's a fruit indigenous to the americas um in spanish it's guanabana so you might hear it by that name and they said that that's the, a much cooler sounding way to re- i agree yeah it all, it, all, it sounds we ruin like, everything. Soursop. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a story behind that. They said that it was so delicious, the fruit, that the first person who discovered it gave it the worst name possible so uh-huh. that no one else would be interested in it. So. Oh, because, that makes sense. Like after here, say the Spanish name again. Guanabana. So, so like that sounds so happy. It does. And then you say, like when you say soursop, you almost expect to hear a wah, wah <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> hey, it was... So I, I loved all the purees, but that was my favorite, for sure. So, Brooke, how would you describe the the flavor of just soursop fruit? So, 
That's hard. Uh, I don't want to compare it to like a pina colada, but when I was explaining it to people, I felt like color and taste that was the closest it tasted like. However, it's not as like high fructose corn corn syrupy, and it's it like has this natural sugar to it. it I mean, it's really refreshing, in my opinion. But how, I mean, it's like how do you explain a strawberry? It's delicious. That's how I explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best you're gonna get. I'm not that good at descriptions. Well, that's, I, I like it or I don't. I, well, that I often say my palate is restricted to grunting, good or bad, <laughs> after I try something. That's because actually, when when they contacted me, they asked me if if I if I would be interested in being a judge or am seeing it. I was like. Well, I really won't do anyone any favors by being a judge because I will have no inputs. Yeah, <laughs> so. I really want to be a judge next year. That is what I definitely want to do because I'm very particular with my drinks. I go out to bars all the time and I'll ask them to make old fashions and things like that. And I'm very particular. Well, I feel like it was very a legit good. judged competition. Oh, my gosh. They were... They were savage. Yeah. I don't even care. Like, that was a lot more hardcore than I thought it was going to be. At first, I was like, what to really expect? Is this going to be a big deal? Is it not? And then they started talking. I'm like, whoa. They're kind of intense here. Yeah. They were... They they de- definitely took the judging seriously <laughs> and, yes. knew, and knew what they were talking about also. I have some photos of people taking pictures of me. And the judges are like, super hardcore stares. Like... <laughs> What is she making? What is this? Where did that music come from? Second row. Well, the guy, the one guy was like <laughs> a he he was a previous winner and then like a very accomplished mixologist yes. himself, right? And, and then a, apparently, I can like potentially take his spot. Yeah, knock no, him he's out. not oh, yeah. happy because I was like, I want to judge. <laughs> yeah, I think normally uh, the winner. Uh, last year's event is an honorary or as a judge for yeah. the following following year. So I think you'll yeah. have that spot. And I think last year's or something, the guy moved to Texas. Yeah. So he was no longer on. And so he's been super excited. The one guy got to do it for like two years in a row. And here I come strutting in like, I don't live far and I'm not moving. <laughs> <laughs> I um, And I guess I'll find out how horrible a job I did, whether or not I get asked to uh, do it again or not. <laughs> You did fine. Stop it. Um, you had good energy. So, yeah, there was also Atlas Restaurant Group, uh, the marketing director for yeah, Atlas was... out of Baltimore. And then a, um, a large liquor distributor uh, was also a judge, a three-panel judge. Oh, thank God you knew. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is a few they... of them followed me on Instagram after. I was okay. like, cool. <laughs> but, yeah, they, were, they, they definitely um, – I'm glad I declined to judge because – I would have been the guy just sitting there looking like a fool. The judges would have been judging you. (laughs) They just like, first, can we vote him (laughs) off of the table? And (laughs) then we'll judge the contestants. Who is this guy? He doesn't know anything. (laughs) So when, um, when you're designing a cocktail, what, what is the, the approach you take? How, how does one even start? That's a great question. How do I start? Um, I start with the alcohol itself. So that you're you start by deciding like this this bottle of something yeah. is what I want to make a right. drink out of. So unless I'm hired for a private event or something, and they go, "Hey, I've got this booze, or I need you to make this, this, or this," um, I design my own classes that I teach, 
So I start, usually I'll do like a vodka class, a um, bourbon class, that sort of thing. And so that's usually where I start. Uh, So unless I'm in the mood for something off the wall, I would start somewhere else, but definitely with the spirit itself and taste it by itself. And from there it's, okay, am I in the mood for something that's super boozy is what I'll say, or do I want something that you can't taste it at all, which I truly believe I'm a bourbon girl. So it's hard for me to tell or be the judge of, but this doesn't really taste like you're going to, I mean, what you take one sip and you're not like, Oh, it's too much to me. It's very good. It's subtle. Very. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of booze in that. A lot. Oh, good. It'll get me through the rest of the day. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's about two and a half, which, according to most states, an actual drink is an ounce and a half. Um, But, yeah, it's almost three ounces. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. (laughs) So the Grand Marnier is the topper. Um, Basil Hayden, which I love, uh, when I was doing the competition, Basil Hayden originated down in seventh district, uh, which is in Southern Maryland where I live and sir Basil Hayden lived down there. And I couldn't even tell you the year it was years, 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 years ago. And then he sold his recipe off and now they make it out of Kentucky. But I wanted to bring Southern Maryland down to it and really get in the competition with something that's close to home as well. So did they did they leave Maryland during I think it was like what shortly after prohibition or right around that time there's like a mass exodus of um whiskey makers from right. Maryland to maybe not a mass exodus that seems more dramatic than it probably really was but a lot of them ended up (laughs) either going out of business or moving south if you ever go down to southern maryland you'll hear the name hayden all the time it's a huge last name down there okay um did basil himself go i'm not 100 sure uh his story is not fully clear um but I do know that that he came up with that himself in his own backyard, which I think is pretty cool. I do at some point plan to venture all the way down there. Um, I there's the he's been a host on here a couple of times. And he's the beer buyer for Whitey's Liquors, Rob Goss. When I think we were talking about Molly's Brewery, yeah, and he was saying most people don't know that Southern Maryland exists. It may as well be Florida <laughs> to half of Maryland. <laughs> Oh my gosh, um, it, it is true. Um, We're isolated. I, I do want to go there because I really want to go to Blue Dyer. And I, I really love, love Blue Dyer. I just visited so there a few guys. months ago. Awesome. The guy looks like he's from Duck Dynasty. Yes. Uh, he's yeah, so nice. Yeah, he's but, so nice. And their stuff by itself is really good, but I like his story. Like yeah, his story. they have a great story. We we've re- we recorded an episode with them. Um, their rum is delicious. Yes. I just sip on that every once in a while. They had a whiskey that was um aged in a port barrel it was like ridiculously good and there's only so many bottles but apparently they're doing it again soon so stay tuned so someday i will visit southern maryland you'll have to, to let me know to go to uh molly's and uh blue dyer you need to go to the ruddy duck as well i, I worked there for eight <laughs> years it's a brewery and they're really really good they used to be at uh the bam um beer festivals i don't think they go to them anymore they are a band so member, and I think um, they even grow their own hops, if I'm not yep. mistaken, yeah, well, at do. their farm or at their property. At their restaurant. Because okay. <laughs> I know they've definitely been at a few of the festivals, but I don't think I've seen them the last couple of years. Yeah, they opened up a new restaurant, and they're just brewing at the Ying Yang. They okay. actually put um, 
a huge kettle in the lobby of the restaurant because they couldn't fit couldn't fit anymore <laughs> in their brewery. It's quite funny. Uh, but they're really good. That's a must stop if you're down there. If you're all the if you're all the way near us in the middle of nowhere. Well, it? it's, I mean, it's like two days drive to get there or something like that. <laughs> yeah, at least. Like it probably took me, you know, two and a half days to get here. Well, I appreciate that then. Um, <laughs> so are are you, you you said you were drinking an IPA when you were yes. you um saw the or told about the competition. Mm-hmm. Um so are you more of a spirits cocktail person or do you give equal love to beer? I'm definitely more on the cocktail side. But I worked at a brewery for eight years. So I mean, what does that make you? I love beer. Love oh. all beer. Used to hate IPAs. Um when I was a lot younger and then no, I love them all. I love them all. I like a good brown <laughs> ale, if anything. Has nothing to do with I don't, I don't with think I've lesson. ever heard someone say that. Right? Weird. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like a, what do you like? Like a good brown ale. Like, like Only if you can make it right. I was upset. There was there's called a uh, a Brooklyn brown ale. Yeah. It was awful and I was super upset cuz that's my name. <laughs> like really? <laughs> really I, you're going to take well, my name and it's not good? Oh. You mean upsetting. from Brooklyn Brewery? I yeah. think it is from Brooklyn. Yeah, Sorry. Oliver would not be happy. <laughs> well, it wasn't good. <laughs> there's there's a, there's there's a few Maryland breweries that make a good brown ale. Mm. Well, there's not, really not many. <laughs> yeah, that's not like I said, it's rare that someone <laughs> throws like, that out is what they Who, who do we for. invite on? This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, um but if we're talking about common beers i like lagers okay. which is very wide variety but um yeah i'm not too picky i'll try anything at least once right so the my favorite or one of my current favorites now is fruited sours which okay. is why i like ryan so much because he can help breweries make that happen um in fact it was a blackberry ginger is what true respites th- releasing today yeah i believe so and um although i don't like ginger so i'm not 100 percent sure i would like that one but um the it's very potent that'd be interesting yeah. to see in a beer yeah it's definitely like with gin whenever something has ginger in it it can either go completely wrong for me or yeah I, i'll i'll like it but for for the most part i'm not a big fan of ginger um so why don't you tell us a little bit more about your business? Sure. So Raza Natural Purees. Pull the. Up. How's this? That, that sounds better. Okay. So Raza Natural Purees is a company that imports and wholesales fruit purees. And we have two main product lines. One is a frozen product line, which is what Brooke used. It's mainly um, for food service. So it's a 64-ounce bottle. And then we added recently in a septic line um for you know in a septic bag uh for the, you know fermentation side so for beers ciders meads and that product can also be used for uh products such as sorbets ice cream um and bakeries so yeah both uh we have we have both for the food service and craft industries I think the um, aseptics used for, like sauces and like barbecues and stuff too. Is that or glazes? Cer- be- yeah, certainly. I mean, you could use. Um, depends how much you're producing at one time. 
So uh, if we can provide either aseptic bags or industrial drums. So if you're making a lot of something and you want a larger amount, you know, let's say you're making house sauces or dressings on a you know large scale, um, you could use either one of those. So certainly it's just fruit that is an ingredient for different flagship products. Okay. And Brooke, let's uh, tell us a little bit like exactly what you do, like your classes. Okay. If someone were to, so do you hold them somewhere and people come to you or is it a mo like, do you, do you go to them? So it's What's the process of hiring? It's you? kind of mobile. Um, basically uh, right now I have two venues. I'm getting a new one in January. Uh, I also do private parties in people's houses. So I, in Solomon's Island, Maryland, as well as Leonardtown, I have two different venues right now. I go to bounce back and forth and do these classes. I'm sold out all November, which is awesome. Um, and I'm actually doing a food bloggers event as well. I'm going to say the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, but I can't, you come in and you get food pairings with each cocktail and you get three total cocktails. And I teach you how to make them. Like I provide the shakers, the strainers, the muddlers, everything in it. Um, and the recipe, I give you a nice recipe sheet and I walk you through it and it's just, it's a, it's a ball. It's a party. And like by the third drink, it's so hard to, it's like hurting cats. I'm like, okay guys. All right, pay attention. I know you're all drunk, but come on. <laughs> Still got things to teach you. <laughs> Please pay attention. Come on. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, I, it's funny because I do event coordinating and stuff like that. And I thought that was going to be the part of my business that was going to take off. But people love to drink. Love it. So turns out. <laughs> so turns out everyone wants to drink all the time. So these classes are getting full and sold out. And then I'm having to make more classes, which, you know, is great for me. But I don't if you asked me six months ago, would I be making these cocktails or be in a competition? I probably would have told you no. Um, I love making drinks. My friends love that I can make drinks. That's fun. So Brooke, what you, what you making? It's like Friday night, six o'clock. Can we come over? <laughs> need like, need oh. us to test anything oh. again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Tobacco Barn Distillery, but yeah. they gave me a box of their products and I made them an entire menu. Oh, awesome. Drinks. So I do all that sort of stuff. They're the, um, we actually, the next issue of Uncapped has a story about them. Oh, wow. And um, how they age their rum on, um, I forget the name of the boat. But they aged yes, their rum. Yes, it's in Baltimore. A, it's yeah, um, the USS something because it was a Navy ship. The Big Z rum is what they do. I don't know if it's called the Big Z, though, but I know what you're talking about. It's in Baltimore. Yeah, so they, he he believes that the um, the sloshing of the from the boat moving around, the rum sloshing around inside yeah. the barrel mm. adds that authentic Caribbean rum taste to it because that's how – it was aged that's cool way back yeah. forever ago so mm. once a year they have big cranes and they pull out the previous year's barrels and then replace them with new ones see another Which reason to come down to southern maryland well that's in baltimore we all just drink <laughs> well have to tobacco to barn though for that <laughs> tobacco barn's still down uh but my point being is um in southern maryland all we do is drink so <laughs> <laughs> If you want to find good distillers or breweries, it's probably down where I'm at. So, so the um, the classes are you mainly teaching just uh, how to make certain drinks, yes. or are you teaching like 
how to develop cocktails or is it mainly just specific how to make specific how ones? to make specific drinks okay. because I, it's really more of a social event for people yeah. um i An excuse to go drink right and learn right. theoretically Do something learn how to different make, than yeah. just go to a bar um and a lot of people take the recipes home and they're like sweet thanksgiving is around the corner or christmas and to me that's that's such a um compliment because i'm like oh you like my drinks enough Woo, go so, home enjoy do the in your classes do the drinks require as many tools as this cocktail requires no. or are they a little more simple <laughs> they're a little bit more simple it's funny because the staff is like what are you making today brooke did you really bring everything because they help me you know through every drink we rinse everything out we got to clean it um so depending on the menu we have to do more stuff <laughs> and they're always like what are you bringing now um so in about two weeks, I actually will be showcasing this drink at No Time to Cook in Solomon's, um, my bourbon class. And so, yeah, we will be doing all this. We will be doing the entire thing. Uh, I will only, I'll be the only one playing with the fire, though. But I do play with fire in my classes. I bring a bunch of cedar planks. I've got like 20 of them. But I only pass out three torches because I don't need... 30 people with torches in their hand. Drunk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm like, do you have insurance at this location? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, well, I think now we can safely say that there there's not any smoke detection in this. Yes. Uh, although I guess smoke detectors only look for a certain type of particle. So it's so. possible that, the, or do these set off smoke detectors? Because that seems like what your story's I, about no, to involve. I have not set off a smoke detector, <laughs> thank God, um, at my house. But I was at a wedding a few weeks ago, my friend's wedding. And I set off the fire alarm in my room based from my shower, my steaming shower. Hmm. I was so embarrassed. <clears throat> so I'm in a towel. I like reach my head out and I see everyone in the lobby like rushing out. And, and I'm like, oh, no one's moving. So I... I'm fine because I thought it was throughout the entire hotel. So I'm like, okay, let me go put clothes on. And no, it was just my room. The manager came <laughs> screaming, like banging on my door. Did, what did you do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just showered. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so word to the wise. Don't take hot showers at hotels. The fire alarm will go off and the entire wedding party of your friend's wedding will call you fire alarm girl for the weekend. Yes, that happened. <laughs> So how um, how do people find you? How do people get a hold of you to book you for parties or find out how to um, take your classes? Okay, so my business name is a little long. It's Bashes, like party, uh, by Brooke Brown. So Bashes by Brooke Brown is on Facebook, Instagram, and you can email me or call me through any of those. It goes directly to my cell phone. Scary thought, but yes, it is <laughs> out there. Um I do private events, I travel places, work parties, you name it, I do it. So give me a call. I'd love to do it. Ryan, how do people get fruit? Sure. They can go to our website, which is www.arazapurees.com, -E or they can email me or call me, um, ryan at arazapurees.com. Right, so normally I ask breweries and distilleries to tell me the worst review they've ever gotten, but I, I can't imagine you've ever received a bad review. No. Um, oh, yes. Ready for this? <laughs> um, one time this guy said that there was too much alcohol in his drink. And I was like, okay. 
Is that possible? Um, Did you just give him a shot? Look uh, at straight. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, well, you're coming to a drinking class. And all, and by the way, half the people that come to these classes pregame, like there's a bar at each establishment, and they usually order drinks before we're starting to make drinks. But no, the guy was like, there was too much alcohol. I'm like, do you know what you signed up for? Just saying. So uh, no, that's so Maybe that's you my you're worst. Kool Aid, <laughs> right? So that is my worst review. That I'm doing pretty good. That's boring. So yeah, it, it is boring. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm boring. <laughs> I have great reviews, and I make you drinks. Come see me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the other question we ask everyone is, what is your favorite uh, Maryland beer? My favorite Maryland beer? Well, it's absolutely going to be from the Ruddy Duck. I'm going to have to go with... um, Brown Ale. They're not... No. (laughs) No. Stop that. (laughs) Um, my favorite Ruddy Duck beer is their Oktoberfest. Uh, they have that one year round. It's the only one they have year round. Um, but if I'm doing a seasonal, it's a hazelnut porter. Really, really good and amazing with chocolate. And you, Ryan, what's your favorite? That's a hard one. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite. I just. Right uh, now. The second. uh, What's your favorite at the moment? Go. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, I'm kind of more of an IPA type person, so I just uh, bounce around in that that space. So that's a cop out. <laughs> so then, also, everyone is oh, forced so to do a baby shot of this is baby shots. This is a um, hop infused whiskey that I did with McClintock. Oh. that'll be out in a year or so. Um, it is, I believe, really good. So hopefully, you enjoy also. And I want to thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Thank you, too, for uh, joining us. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. This is so cute. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's good. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 